Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. You heard the man. This is the Cashflow Guys Podcast. I am Tyler Chef, your host. Boys and girls, what a couple weeks. I'm telling you, I've been out in California. I went out to Traffic and Conversion Summit. Then I went out to, I came back to, to Tampa, went out to Orlando, Florida for my favorite event of the year, which is PodFest. I've talked to you guys about that before. Not all of you showed up, I know, because I got a massive audience and it wasn't, we only had a thousand people at PodFest. I shouldn't say only has a lot of people, but my audience is a lot bigger than that. So got to ask yourself, why are you not there? And that's probably because, well, you're not marketing and maybe you perceive things to be difficult. And actually that's what we're going to talk about in this episode is about asking yourself the question, are you making things more difficult? Are you making stuff harder than it has to be. Now I got a PhD, I'll tell you, in making things more challenging, more difficult, because I tend to overthink things sometimes. For me, it's a real challenge. I have to really, really, really focus on keeping it simple. Guys, life is hard enough as it is. Anytime you get ready to do something, ask yourself, if this is the easiest way I could do this, you know, and I go back to the one thing, the things I learned and the one thing about really just breaking it down, distilling it down to the basic core steps and keeping it stupid simple. Today's life, we tend to over, overcomplicate everything. All of us do. Nobody escapes this. We all think that we need to go to every seminar in town. We think we need to buy every real estate course that's out there. We're going to do every buy every tool that's available. I talked to a guy at PodFest. The guy's a, a real estate investor. He literally has bought this year 27 different tools to analyze properties and still hasn't found one that he quote-unquote likes. I'm thinking to myself, good gravy, dude. If you, if you can't do it on a legal pad, first of all, you need to give up learn some skills on what you need to be doing, the things that really matter, right? Income, expenses, figure out if you're a cap rate person, figure out your cap rate. If you're not, figure out your cash on cash return, come up with a plan, sketch it out and roll. You don't need all these different technology tools. Some of them, yes, they're a huge help. Some of them make all the difference in the world. I'll absolutely say that when you're doing data research and things like that, you are looking at what's available out there in the marketplace. Tool-wise, you can get overwhelmed with data. This is why I like to pick a one tool for each task that I need to do, right? I'll look at different tools, see what's available out there, pick the best one for me and move on. And when something else comes out, I just turn my head and leave it be. And more importantly, if I do find something that let's say works better or has a feature that the other one doesn't do, then I, I cancel the other one. But you can get, you can spend hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on tools that you're never going to even have the time to, to do, folks. You need to be focusing on your marketing and getting the word out there and less time buying all these technology tools that are obsolete or maybe if they're not obsolete, maybe they're just, it's just too much. Okay. I use Rentometer. Okay. You hear me? Rentometer is a sponsor of the show. Matter of fact, this episode again is sponsored by our dear friends at Rentometer. They have a free trial. You can get out there, go to rentometer.com forward slash pro Sign up for the free trial. If you like it and you want the pro upgrade, that's what I use, then opt in. The cost is nominal. You save money by doing it annually, first of all. And now that tool is done, so you can put that to, get, put that to bed. So you sign up. I look at tools. I try to buy all my tools on the annual plan. And the reason being is you can usually get a discount when you buy the tools on an annual plan. Okay, So I pick a tool. Like, I want to know rents. Great. I've done my research. I've been doing this for years. Rentometer is my choice. Not because they're sponsor of the show, because they're just good at what they do. They're the best of the business. So I choose them. I pay the annual fee, and I'm done for the next year. I don't have to think about it. And when something else, some other shiny object comes along, I may poke at it a little bit. But you see, for me, I have to discipline myself. I have to force myself to not get all distracted with all the different tools and all the stuff that's out there. So the annual subscriptions for these different things help me do that. 
Yeah, real estate tools is another one that I use. Realestatetools.com. It's uh, actually it's uh, partly owned by Jason Hartman, who's been on the show. Now, I did not buy real estate tools because Jason Hartman owns it. That just happens to be a coincidence. Jason Hartman's a great dude. He's a podcaster as well. Um, he's been on our show, and uh, we'll probably see him at Podfest next year. But that's not why I bought it. I bought the tool because it works really well across all my platforms. Now I'm an iOS guy or an Apple guy, so those tools work really well. I could look at, like this guy, 27 different deal analyzers. That's ridiculous. Everybody's creating their own spreadsheet because they want to do this, that, and the other. Folks, there's only so much information you know you need to know to make a, a go-no-go decision. I know that a lot of the syndicators out there and the engineer types, they make these elaborate spreadsheets. They're just, I mean, they're great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they, they give you everything but the kitchen sink. But at some point, folks, if you really need all of that data to make a decision on a property, especially smaller properties, then you, know, you might be missing things. You might be skipping over. You might be so engrossed in the data that you're not seeing the real problem. It's real easy to take data, plug it in, and be very calculated about it or very cold, corporate about the whole thing. But what if you've missed something like, oh, I don't know, it's in a terrible neighborhood, or they're going to put an interstate where your building is and you're going to get forced with eminent domain or something like that. Sometimes we get so caught up in making things difficult in the details that we skip the obvious stuff. Maybe they're, the neighborhood is in decline at this trailer park. Gee, wouldn't that be a shocker? Neighborhood in decline around a trailer park. How about that? When I was at PodFest, I was having conversations about this with Kevin Bupp. Kevin Bupp is the host of the Mobile Home Park podcast, Mobile Home Park Investing podcast. Also, the uh, Lifetime Cashflow Pod podcast. He, he'll tell you flat out. He'll, one of his big decisions, go, no go, is if it's in a neighborhood or in an area that's prime for growth. He doesn't want to buy some slum. He doesn't want to be a slumlord. He doesn't want to deal with the problems, the stigmas that are common to the mobile home park type communities. And a lot of them are really, really nice, boys and girls. So he focuses on ones where he can add value. He doesn't buy mobile home parks out in the woods, you know, or this typical like trailer bark boys or something would own or be around. He doesn't buy that. He keeps it simple. He has a very simple formula of what he looks for. You want more information on that? Go listen to his podcast, Mobile Home Park Investing Podcast. But he has a system. He sticks to the system. The system is ridiculously simple. He lays it all out in the podcast. You just simply have to follow it. It's that simple. But he doesn't use 50 different tools to try to come up with the same thing, right? What's the, what's the uh, cash on cash return? How much money do I have to part with? How much money do I get back when this is all said and done? What do my rents look like? Well, you can go on Rentometer and look at that, right? Where, how do I analyze the deal? You can go to realestatetools.com. No, they're not a show sponsor. They just put out a great tool. Go to realestatetools.com. If you're a Windows person, you can do it online. If you're an Apple person, you can download the app to your devices, including your Mac, and be able to analyze your stuff. Keep it simple. You don't need more than one deal analyzer. You don't need more than, more than one tool to come up with the rent. Is it good to go look at things like Zillow and Realtor.com for rent comparables? Absolutely. But it doesn't mean you need to buy a whole bunch of tools to do it. Simply look at different data sources to verify the numbers. I would tell you the same thing if you're looking for comparable sales. Don't just look on the MLS. Also look in public records. Keep it simple, right? Keep it simple. All these tools are available to you for pretty much for free. Even Rentometer. Although it's a paid application, they do have a freeware that's really good, the free stuff, and of course the paid stuff's even better. Don't sign up for too many pieces of training. This goes along with, are you making it too difficult? I know people that sit there and they come to, I meet a lot of people, I go to Larry Harbolt seminars in the Tampa Bay area on a regular basis, and I, I tend to see, give a number of folks that keep showing up time and time again. First of all, I think it's great that they come out and they hang out and whatever, but then if I go to other events, like I'll speak at different events, and I see them at these events too, and they call themselves seminar junkies, where they spend tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, I know people that have done that, every year going to seminars. 
nothing wrong with education, guys. I'm an educator. I get it. Are you getting so caught up in thinking that you'd have to know more before you do more that you're not getting it, making any progress? I know a lot of folks that run into this. One of the reasons why I do a call when I, before people get involved in our group coaching program is I want to have a conversation with them and kind of see where they're at and see if I can help them. Because if they're not coachable, then I can't get them in. They're not going to work out my program. And I wouldn't want people to come into my program that are not coachable because I can't help them. If they're all over the map, if they're not, if the, if I can't, if I don't feel as if I can get them centered and get them focused on one path and one strategy, then I really can't help them in the coaching program. It'd be a waste of their money. So why would I bother? That's why I have that consultation and see if I can help them. If I, if they'll listen to me, first of all, you know, if they're, if they're stuck in their own thing, if I'm, I'm going to do 15 different things, I'm going to try all these different things and they won't listen to the voice of reason. Somebody that's already made these mistakes. Well, that's a problem using social media. I don't, it shocks me how few real estate investors use social media for marketing and for that matter, do any marketing at all. A lot of folks are doing direct mail. I talked about that in the last episode. Nothing wrong with direct mail, but hello, there are, you know, 1972 called, they want their strategy back. There's a lot of opportunity out there in the social media space, Instagram, boys and girls, Instagram, it, it's out there for bikini sluts and marketers, right? That's what Instagram is. If you want to buy stuff, you go to Instagram and you swipe up and you can buy all kinds of crap. I mean, you have Russell Brunson and every other guy, every other marketer out there marketing like crazy on Instagram. I don't understand why people go there. They think they're looking at pretty pictures. But what they're actually doing is loading up their credit cards. So here's the thing. You're a real estate investor. Maybe if you put some of your marketing out there, like I, I buy houses or I buy apartment buildings or I've got money to lend or whatever you're doing on Instagram, maybe you can fall into that category. Hashtag duck lips, hashtag bikini slut, hashtag Jeep bikinis, right? Get your word out there. Look at a social media platform, pick one, and work it. Now, these days, there's a, there's some tools out there. One of them is called Meet Edgar that will post Instagram for you. And I, we're starting to get it. My marketing team is all over me about getting on, involved in Instagram, which makes me want cringe because the thought of it. So I've done some stupid stuff like, you know, do some duck lips photos and <laughs> I throw them on Instagram because it entertains me. And really, at the end of the day, it's all about my entertainment anyway. But um, you can't deny that social media outlook or uh, outlets are a brilliant source of marketing and can be relatively reasonably priced or even free. Now, if it's free, that means you're going to have to give your time. Reality of it is, folks, when it comes to marketing, you're trying to generate leads. If you if you don't have much time and you want to accomplish something with social media, that means you need to pony up some cash, develop a marketing budget. We talked about that in the last episode. Get out there and in, enable these technology tools to do some of the work for you because you're short on time. Now, if you're short on money and have time, then you can put time into it, do it organically, focus on organic marketing. A great person to follow about that is Frank Kern. Uh, go to frankkern.com, K-E-R-N.com. Uh, he's got all kinds of videos. Search him on Facebook. He's really, really good at what he does and do what he's doing. Find people that are doing what you want to do, getting the word out there, uh, soft sell marketing, whatever, and emulate them. If that's okay. It, that's not a big deal. Don't feel like you're copying. After all, they're putting it out there. You might as well learn from it and do it, right? Gee, I know a guy that has a podcast that's pretty wildly successful and, and gets tons of leads, right? I'm a realtor. I buy, I help people buy and sell real estate, primarily investment real estate, but I also help them buy and sell retail real estate, houses they want to live in. I make a good piece of my income from my activities using my real estate license. I have agents on my team that work with me that help us do that. We just sold, uh, matter of fact, while I was in San Diego, we sold duplex and a house and a couple other things to some of our investor clients. We've helped people get rid of their flips that have gone wrong. If you're in the Tampa area and you're listening to this, give us a call. If you're looking to buy or sell a house, give us a call. 
this podcast is a huge lead source. I raise capital from this podcast. People listen to the podcast. They want to, and remember, we're not making it difficult. We're keeping it simple. People listen to the podcast. They develop no like, and trust. They've heard me talk now for three years, right? Clearly, I, when you listen to the show, you have an, a general understanding that I might have a clue what I'm doing. So over time, you've built, I've built rapport with you. And you develop no like and trust. You've got money sitting in your, in your 401k or your IRA. You want to get that money moving instead of sitting there trying to find a reputable house flipper. Ha ha. Hashtag have you lost your mind. And you're, you pick up the phone, you call me and say, Tyler, help me invest my money or give me some pointers, right? That's what it comes down to is making it simple, keeping it simple, not hard, keeping it simple. I don't need to distill it all down. I don't have to go into all the gory details of every step of what I do because none of that really matters. At the end of the day, folks, this is why I add people to my team because I don't know all the single steps myself. So I bring people on that know the steps and we get it done. We're doing a uh, small little cap raise from a, a self-directed IRA right now. I'm not an attorney, so I just call my attorney and say, draft out the paperwork, here are the terms, and he makes it happen. Shout out to Sean Yesner. He can take care of these agreements. I, it's not what my expertise is in. He went to law school for years and years and years to get good at doing contracts and, and agreements and forms and all that stuff that I'm not good at. When I have a real estate closing, I call insured title. Why? Well, because they're the best at what they do. Lisa, my girl over there, is amazing, and she does the work and makes sure it gets handled, and she's detail-oriented. When our transactions get done, I give it to a shout-out to Audra, our closing assistant, our closing coordinator. She makes me look really good because I don't. <laughs> you don't want me dealing with the small details in the paperwork. Because guess what? They won't get done. My job is to talk on the microphone and stand in front of the camera. Audra's job is to make sure all the details are done because that's what she's good at. That's her expertise. So we work very, very well together, okay? When it comes to getting rolling here with your with investing in real estate or any other cash flow model, take some focused action, guys. Don't follow what the herd is doing because what you'll find is the herd is jumping and running around all over the place. They're a mess. They're a train wreck. You see them changing hats every five seconds. We got a local guy. One minute he's flipping houses, the next minute he's talking about buying rentals, the next minute he's doing this, and now it's short-term rentals, he's all over the place. This guy, he's got like 15 different things he's going, going on all at the same time. And he's named all, of his, all these different arms. He's got a construction company and a pool company and all this other stuff. Bottom line is he does all these things not well. Instead of picking one thing, sticking with it, and becoming good at it, doing it well. So don't let yourself get spread out too thin. Don't follow the herd. And don't study too many strategies. And I know this is probably thinking you're thinking, what did he just say? Don't study too many strategies. Here's the thing. There are lots of folks out there that teach because they like to teach. And there are lots of folks out there that think it's cool with some of these advanced strategies and things like this. But if you're just getting started, in other words, if you haven't done 100 deals, which most people haven't, then just get good at the basics first. Now, I'm not saying don't learn the advanced strategies. Absolutely learn the advanced strategies. But master the art of sitting down face-to-face -face with another human being and having a conversation. You can skip the reverse uh, subject to negative amateurization, whatever you can come up with type gimmick that's the latest guru is selling. See, none of that shit really matters if you can't sit down and talk to somebody without being distracted by some bimbo uh, spread across the Jeep on Instagram. That bimbo might be me because I had my wife take a picture of me and sprawled across my Jeep. No, I wasn't in a bikini. I was in a shorts and t-shirt, but you know, but I was doing duck lips. So that helped because I'm trying to increase my social media following on Instagram by being a colossal smart ass because that's what I'm good at, right? I'm good at being a jackass on camera. Got that down pat. Got a PhD in that. However, I use, think about, I know lots of strategies, but do I use all these different strategies every time? No. 
It's taken me years, decades, folks. I've been investing now for almost two decades in real estate. And I've over the years, I've learned tons and tons and tons of strategies. And I can quote them like scripture and verse. But I can tell you that the majority of those strategies, I've never had the opportunity to actually implement because I haven't done a thousand deals. I probably have a thousand different ways I can structure a deal. Well, guess what? I haven't done a thousand deals. And most investors, I don't know any investors that have done a thousand deals. Even Larry Harbold or Peter Fortunato, I would probably say their deal counts are in the hundreds. And I've got to be honest with you, just because you learn a competitive or a, a cool little strategy doesn't mean it's going to fit in the situation that you're in. And more importantly, it's usually not going to. So instead, focus on understanding the seller's pain, okay? Understanding what their problem is or the buyer, if you're the seller, understanding why they're buying, right? Understand why their money's changing hands. Get to the bottom of it. Have a good, solid conversation. Build rapport and you will knock it out of the park every time. Why do I do deals under the radar? when nobody even realizes things are for sale until a year after the fact, and we've already closed and fixed it up and rented it out real nice, nice. Well, that's because I don't make a big to-do about what I'm doing when it comes to my actual deal flow. We're very quiet, very calculated about it. We go about our business doing our thing. I don't want people to know what we're doing until the deal is done because then they will try to get the deal from us. It's happened before. I don't like competition. I'm an only child. So I keep it stupid, simple. I keep my yap shut, and we quietly take on new assets. And sometimes we quietly dispose of assets as well. Why is that? Well, because I have a database of buyers. So if I do do a wholesale transaction, you can bet your bippy I don't have to advertise it. Why would I advertise it? I already have buyers. So I just call one of my buyers and say, hey, I got something for you. So don't get all caught up in feeling like you have to learn a million different strategies to, to even get started and do your first deal. Also, don't get all hung up on the paperwork. Okay, now the mailbox money, I'm doing a mailbox money 101 course. Mailbox Money 101 course, that's coming up. I'm going to put out a waiting list. Uh, you'll hear some some ads going on about that. It's going to be ridiculously cheap, like under 200 bucks. It's going to give you contracts, forms, all that good stuff. It's going to give you tutorials, lots of different things to help you get pointed in the right direction, get you get you going. If you're a wholesaler and, and you haven't got any deals yet or you've done deals and you're tired, or, tired of wholesaling, you want to learn how to buy rentals or flip apartment buildings or things like that or mobile home parks or whatever you want to do, we're going to cover it all. We're going to blow it away. Value on this course is going to be about two grand. I'm going to sell it for less than 200 bucks. Why? Well, the more people I can reach, the more people I can talk to, the better off we are, the more money we can raise, the more deals we can put together. Also, I'd like you to learn what the hell you're doing so that you don't call me and tell me you got screwed by some, some bottom feeder out there in the market that's only thinking of today's deal. So I figure if I, if I arm you with good information that will blow you away with value, well, guess what? You'll become an even more loyal listener of the Cashflow Guys podcast. Maybe you'll get involved with the Cashflow Guys Roadshow or the Cashflow Roadshow, I should say, which is something new. I'll talk about there in just, just a second. That's an upcoming announcement. Don't go over the head of your leads. When you're talking, sitting down, talking to people, keep it ridiculously simple. Focus on them. Forget about you. Forget about what you've done, all the fancy stuff, how much money you may think you have, your alliances, your partnerships, all that crap is a bunch of bullshit. Nobody really cares. What the seller cares about is can you or can you not solve my problem? The end. Well, how do you know that? Well, the only way you know that is by actually having the stones to sit down and talk to a live human being and have a conversation without looking at the floor or the bikini sluts at Instagram. So you actually have to leave your phone in the car. What a concept. Oh my goodness. Left the phone in the car. You actually have to sit there and have a conversation with folks and listen to them and ask good questions. How do you ask good questions? You ask great questions by being a good listener. And once you listen, people will start to unravel and they'll start to tell you what their needs are and why you're sitting in front of them in the first place. 
and how they will tell you exactly how to structure an offer. I structure amazing offers that sellers love, not because I'm some rocket scientist. I am certainly no Peter Fortunato. That dude's got some strategies that'll blow your mind. But here's the problem. Nobody understands him but Pete. I don't mean any disrespect to him. I think he's a legend. He's one of my mentors in the industry. This guy is probably one of the, he's definitely the smartest guy in the room. No doubt. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. He's just, the guy's just freaking genius. But his stuff is so complex, most people don't understand it. So what good is it if nobody understands it? When people don't understand something, they fear it. And when they have fear, you have a problem. So think about this. What if you just sit down, have a good conversation with somebody face-to-face, just like our old Uncle Larry teaches us, and you just have a conversation face-to-face? Then what could happen? Goodness gracious, you might actually get a deal under contract and off you go. Really, step one comes down to educating those who will listen about the value you add to the marketplace. Step two is to treat each lead like a little puppy. Treat it like a puppy. When you walk up to a dog, what's the first thing you do? You stick out your hand and you let the dog sniff your hand. That's just like talking to a seller, getting known a little bit. You're not throwing a a, a leash on that dog and, and throwing it in the car and taking it for a ride in the car the first time you meet it because it'll eat your face off. Hit some dogs. Well, the dogs be like, okay, I'll go with you. But seriously, treat the dog like an animal, like an, like a, treat it like a, a lead, like a dog. Let it sniff your hand. Qual- that's qualifying, okay? When you're letting it sniff your hand, you're qualifying it and you're building no like and trust. You're building rapport. Talk nicely to it. Talking nicely to it means that doesn't mean your house looks like a turd. And I can't, what idiot told you to list it at 200000 It's only worth 50000 That's not talking nice to people. That's being a jackass, just in case you're wondering. Don't make unsolicited offers. I'll give you 50. I got some stuff for sale. We're downsizing, get rid of all of our stuff to go on the road. And I got some stuff up on Facebook Marketplace. And I can't tell you how many times a day some knucklehead goes on there and goes, what's your, what's your best deal? What are you talking about? What's my best deal? Well, you got it listed at generator at 600. What's, what's your best price? You notice I had it listed at 600. You had numb nuts. My best price is 600. How about that? So I'll usually, you know, I'll sometimes when I'm in a mood, I'll say, yeah, 700. But it's priced at six. Well, that's my best price is 700. I'd be tickled pink if you give me 700. Ha ha. But don't go in there and just lowball people and be a jerk about it you got to build some rapport you got to have a conversation with them you got to understand why they need how they got to the price they're at why that price is important to them what they're going to do with the proceeds of the sale how much of that price are they going to actually retain does that mean they have a mortgage don't have a mortgage these are things ladies and gentlemen that matter and most importantly ask for the business at some point you got to ask for the business that means you got to have a good conversation and ask them to do business with you you know, Mr. Jones, I hear what you're saying about your house. I understand you're, you're asking 200000 I can't do 200000 but if I could get to a price that we could both agree, are you prepared to do business with me today? Is that something that would work for you? Mr. Jones, for us to be able to do business today, I'd like to have a good conversation and better understand the situation. I need to better understand why you're selling. Well, I'm selling because I want top dollar, and you know, I'm a no, not motivated to sell, and I've built this house myself with my now-deceased son. <laughs> well... That's your exit to say, geez, I appreciate you having me by. Time to go and get up and leave. Don't try to make a deal, ladies and gentlemen, out of, the, out of when there is no deal. Okay, Understand when you've got a motivated seller, then you have somebody to work with. If you don't have a motivated seller, then stand up and exit gently and keep a good relationship in place. That's how you do business. Don't sit there and try to beat him up into 60 cents of whatever ARV seems to be. That's You're wasting your time because you don't have a motivated seller. You've got... You're making it harder on yourself. You can't sit there and say there's no deals when you haven't invested any time finding motivated sellers. 
that ties back to what I said earlier. And last episode, you're going to have to learn how to be a marketer. One of the ways you can do that is to get started by going, getting the Mailbox 101 course, which is going to be coming very, very soon. We're going to be working on a waiting list and whatnot to get started on that. Also, the Cashflow Guys, uh, the, the Mailbox Money Group Coaching, we're kicking off again soon. What I was talking about earlier about the, the Cashflow Roadshow, that is a new podcast and YouTube channel that will be launching here in the next few weeks. That is my wife, Jill, and I. We have purchased an RV. We are moving out of our home into an RV, and we're going to be traveling the country, living our dream now. We want to do what the retired people do. My wife is no longer has to work, right? So she, we've escaped the rat race. We did it several years ago. But she got called back. That basically, her employer offered her twice what she was making, and we thought, well, what the hell? Now she's quit her job, and we're going to travel the country. We're going to be doing our YouTube channel and the podcast. The Cashflow Guys podcast is still going to keep going every Friday, as always. Don't worry. We're still going to keep doing that. But I'm going to get out more and, and speak to people. I want to get out and see the world. Went out to, uh, to uh, South Dakota last year and California and been traveling a lot last year and realized that we're missing a lot of the country. We want to have our fun and live our dream now before we get too damn old to enjoy it. So that's what we did. We bought an RV. We're getting rid of everything. Bought an RV. Nice class A. And we're going to be rolling down the highway, probably leaving somewhere around May 1st. So we will be coming to a town near you. Get ready. I will give you guys the link to the Cashflow Roadshow when we are ready to release that, which will be probably just a couple weeks away. So get excited. I know I am. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll leave you right there. I hope you have a great week. And please take the time to learn to earn. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas so you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.